Hi everyone and welcome to the Poem Out podcast. It's really great to be with you all again. Um, I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, he's a film director, filmmaker, and he's just released his new film, which is a documentary about Rob Bell called The Heretic. Um, and I've had a chance to see this movie um, before its release and it's I can tell you it's amazing. Um, it's yeah, we're going to talk about it today, and we're going to, um, yeah, and I'm excited for, uh, I'm excited to talk to Andrew about about this movie. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, so just tell us about kind of the story behind this movie, like where, where the kind of genesis of this movie was, and where the idea came from, and how you started to go around the process of making it, and what it's about. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, as you say, the film is about the life and work of Rob Bell, and I think it kind of uses that as a lens into um, faith, religion, spirituality, um, and their impact on our world right now in 2018. Mm. Um, it, It started really when I met Rob. I met Rob a few years ago at a birthday party here in Los Angeles that our daughters were attending. And uh, we started a conversation that day that really uh, continued, and um, I was just really fascinated by the things that he was working on. I had grown up in a very conservative, evangelical family, uh, and very um, evangelical, conservative kind of part of the country here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and um, I had grown away from a lot of that, and so when I started listening to and reading and, you know, experiencing some of the work that Rob was doing, it felt really fascinating to me on a very personal level, just based on my own story. And then as I started to kind of spend some time with him and, uh, you know, I you know, I remember going to a couple of events and, you know, talking to other people that were there. I think what began to hit me as a filmmaker was that my story wasn't all that unusual. And actually there were a lot of people who had grown up in a very uh, particular tradition. It had not kept pace with the complexity of the world they found themselves now living in, and they didn't really know what to do with that disconnect. And as I started to think about that, that's really when the idea of the film came about. And I just went and sat down with Robin Kristen uh, one morning, and I just said, look, I don't know if there's a film here or not, but I'd, I'd love the opportunity to just start following you around and, and filming uh, our conversations, filming uh, the work you're doing, as well as some of the people who are kind of in and around um, the work. And yeah, that was back in 2015, and we uh, we kind of set off, and and that's that's really how it started. Wow, that's an incredible story, really. Um, yeah, um, and you're right. I mean, I it is easy to feel alone on that journey because I've been on that kind of journey as well. Um, mm. I'm on that journey, and it really is easy to think you're alone, and then you start to kind of meet people and interact with people, and you realise you're not, you know. Um, actually, ironically, the, the time where I started to feel that was it was going to events that Rob was holding in London, which is, you know, I started to meet the same people at all these kind of events, and we um, started to realise that we weren't alone on this journey. Um, so what, so, so kind of practically, I know that, Having seen the movie, like literally, you kind of do follow him around for quite a while. Um, I think there's a couple of tours there that you're kind of you're kind of with him for a lot of the time. Um, how did that work in 
practically, like in terms of the like, you know, when you were with him, how often you were with him, um, how that worked. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was very. I was, I was just thinking about it because we just had the premiere here in L.A. this past weekend, um, which mm-hmm. was really emotional. It was Saturday night, and uh, I, I'm still kind of recovering from it <laughs> because, among yeah. other things, Rob and uh, Kristen. Uh, were there and they saw the film. Um, Rob saw the film for the first time. He hadn't seen it until it played in the room, and um, it was really, yeah, it was. It was just kind of. It, it, it's kind of all caught up with me because, yeah, the the process of it was incredibly. I think just from a a purely creative standpoint, when I was sitting there watching the film on Saturday, I was just thinking that you know, um, it was just a very pure, very simple. Um, uninhibited creative process. Um, it was kind of wonderful because we had independent financing for the film, which in our world just means you don't have anyone looking over your shoulder. And we also, because of that, didn't have a deadline, um, which in, in my work is very, very rare. So we had the ability of, of as you say, just spending an, an enormous amount of time. And we also kept the crew really small. Um, I've got a producing partner who also edits with me, and on this one, he <laughs> did a lot of sound mixing. So a lot of times it was the two of us on the road. Um, he was holding boom poles, and I was holding cameras and talking to Rob. Um, and it really was. I mean, I think a lot of what you see in the film, is it, it really is the result of, of, a, of a, an ongoing, very meaningful conversation between Rob and I. And I think a lot of the... Um, a lot of the joy was in the fact that we had that time and space and freedom. We did travel and spend an enormous amount of time with him, both stuff that's in the film and stuff that's just not just, just, it, it was an enormous season of my life. And, um, yeah, the result of then sitting down and getting to kind of weave that together and put that together like a puzzle in a way that is, um, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of mysterious now. Like it's it's an amazing thing when you make something that's so personal to you. And so, in some ways, I, it's it's really interesting because, you know, in, in a lot of ways, this you know this film is about Rob, and and it's it's Rob's work and it's Rob's life that you experience when you watch it. But mm. um, for me, it feels like one of the most personal things I've ever made. And and I think a lot of that has to do with the way it touches on my own story, and the kind of real impact that it's had. Um, on on my own life and so i think to yeah to get to go just cast a really wide net and just to start filming and to have that freedom and then to kind of sit down and follow and trust your own curiosity is really meaningful because now as people are beginning to see the film and people are are talking about what it's meaning to them it's like i don't know that's kind of the gift i think that anyone who creates anything knows where it's like it has such a beautiful effect on your own life and Mm. then now that same thing that was really interesting to you um that you trusted that you followed is is now meaningful to other people so yeah it's a it's a special week we're in the middle of yeah yeah that must have been an incredible moment when rob saw it for the first time um must have been I actually have some friends who went to that premiere as well. They they told me it was an incredible experience. Um, yeah, and I'd love to see it on the big screen. Um, but yeah, you're talking about that creative process. That everything, like I'm quite passionate about about exploring creativity and as a writer as well. And and every you know, I find that everything that we make has something of us in it, whether we choose it or not. You know that that. 
our story will be reflected in the work that we that we create you know um and it sounds like that's what's happened with with this with this movie for you a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent and that really is a that really is a there's there's something very magical about that there really is something very I don't know. When you make a documentary, perhaps it feels like it does if, if you're writing a book or something. It's it's just a very small process. You know, it's not a big – you're not on a set with a limited number of days with an enormous crew like you would be on a typical film. It's just very small. It's very, very, very small. It's very, very personal. And then, um, yeah, to get to open that up and have a lot of people see it on the other end is, is – is really profound. And I think, honestly, I'm still kind of, I'm still caught in that moment of a lot of times when we make these things, um, it almost takes my head a little while to catch up with my heart. And mm. a lot of times I'll, I'll know deep down, like this, this really meant something like this, this did something to me. Like this experience has had a very profound effect on me. And uh, sometimes it takes a long time for me to really figure out like exactly what that is or like being able to articulate what that is. Mm. Um, but with this one, it's just, you know, it's just really powerful. Like I think, you know, even, even interacting with people over the weekend that were there, it's like, I'm just reminded of the fact that the stakes are really high when it comes to religion. Um, you know, mm. these are, these are things that are defining uh, people's lives and an enormous number of people I've come to find um, have have been living lives far less free than they could, really stifled by guilt and shame and all kinds of baggage that came with a belief system that they were handed. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just I'm just really struck and reminded right now that um, to to open that up, to to allow some light into that, to allow a different perspective into that um, for people is is just a can be a really liberating thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's such a privilege, isn't it, to be able to create something that allows people to journey into that and connect with that. Um, yeah, I had that when I when I wrote my first book and it and, uh, came out about a year ago and seeing people's responses to that and how it, it spoke to people in ways that I never intended it to and, um, and, uh, and that was really humbling and like really encouraging and just um because like it's when you create something and you share it with people you don't get to decide what how they respond to it you know it's just it's out there and they're yes. going to respond to it in the way that they're going to respond to it um yeah so what was kind of what was your journey what was going on with you kind of that kind of that this that kind of that rob's work connected with and that and where did, where did working with Rob on this movie kind of take you? Yeah, well, I think a, a couple of things were happening in my my own life. Um, the couple of years before I met Rob were pretty big years for me because I um, uh, my dad died in that season really, mm. really suddenly and unexpectedly. And I also had, um, I think, two kids were born over that very um, short period of time. So I was, I just was, I was kind of in, maybe you know what this means. Yeah, I was kind of in one of those seasons of life where Mm. um, some of the big questions had started to surface again. I I think my, you know, growing up, I was sort of raised in a very conventional, like, here's the box. Mm. And in this box is everything you need to know and think and believe and vote and all the, it's all in the box. You know what I mean? Like, here's, absolutely. (laughs) And I, 
This just I sounds kind just of, like my like so many people, I I had kind of rejected that, and um, mm. in a lot of ways, for me, I grew up in Atlanta, uh, and I moved out to Los Angeles just uh, to, to pursue film, and and I kind of. Um, I just kind of put a lot of that stuff on the shelf, quite honestly. It, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like the most important thing. Um, I got very interested in telling stories about social justice, about environmental mm. issues, about human rights issues. I spent an enormous amount of time traveling internationally. And I just became really, really focused on some of the emergencies that are sort of enveloping um, us as people on this planet right now. And I, I sort of think, if I, if I think backwards, I, it's like religion, spirituality, Christianity, faith, it, it just didn't fit into that picture. Mm. And then an interesting thing happened for me because I, I was so focused on that stuff. And I think I had that very simplistic kind of journalistic mindset that was like, if we can just expose people to what's happening in the world, then we'll be able to make a better world moving forward. You know, like that sense mm. of like, I'm traveling and I'm seeing these atrocities and these, these, these very, very real things that just shook me to my core. And, and it was sort of like my, my ethos or my mindset was kind of like, well, my job as a filmmaker. And so all I need to do is we just, it's about awareness. We just get, we need to get more people aware of what's happening on the planet and we'll, we'll be able to, you know, get out of this, uh, suicide spin that we're in. And I think right around the time I was meeting Rob, I think one of the things that was happening for me was I was beginning to realize that awareness, like it wasn't enough. And that if we actually wanted to get serious about facing some of the very real challenges that are in front of us, we were going to need to do more than put band-aids on the surface. We were going to need to go like several layers mm, deeper to yeah. figure out what are the stories that we mm. have come to believe as a world? What, what are the stories that we're telling and what impact mm. do those stories have on the way we've organized our world for today and the, the world that we're building for tomorrow. And that's kind of when I interacted with Rob and I began to realize, man, first of all, this stuff, you, you, you just cannot in 2018 understand, um, at the very least, the country I live in, America, without beginning to take seriously the role that Christianity and very specifically evangelical Christianity has had. Mm. And you, you also, at the very same time that like, I, I began to see some of the very real implications to the negative of that impact. I also began to kind of open up the Jesus story again and realize, um, as Rob has articulated pretty well, that some of these, some of these issues and themes and questions and ideas that are in the Jesus story yeah. are things that we're still struggling to figure out right now. Yeah. And questions around how do we how do we get out of cycles of endless war? How do we actually begin to think bigger than just our tribe versus your tribe? Our belief system is better than yours, and we're gonna like that sort of stuff. I began to realize like that thinking that has led us to be on a path with no good end really as a world right now. That kind of thinking um, that's led us here. It's built really big buildings. It's advanced us in a lot of ways, but it has fundamentally taken us as far as we can go. And if we want to actually be serious about people who are creating a more just, 
uh, a more sustainable, a more beautiful future, then it might be worth going backwards to go forward. Like there might be tools in these ancient texts and wisdom traditions that could serve us right now. And I think for me, that was the moment where I felt like, okay, this is not ancillary. This cuts to the very heart of the things I'm trying to figure out as a, as a thinking awake person. And if that's, if that's true for me, then, then perhaps it could be true for a lot of people. Mm. Wow. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? I, I'm listening to your story and I'm kind of thinking there's so much about it that is similar to my own. Um, you know, I lost, I lost a parent as well. Um, a bit longer ago than, than you did, but, um, um, whilst I was a young adult and uh, and I'd grown up in the evangelical church um, in the UK and which is slightly different from the one in America but um, nevertheless more traditional Christianity and and then when my parent my mum died it was like suddenly all the things that had been certain were not certain anymore and the idea of God that I'd had wasn't big enough anymore and I had all these questions and I for five years I went around with these questions and didn't have any space to put them and it was actually reading Velvet Elvis which which is Rob's first book um, that kind of saved me um, and you know made me realise I wasn't alone um, and like you say like working and I've been working through a lot of issues from a childhood trauma like which um, and unpacking those stories and what I've realised is you can't. We often deal with the symptoms of the problem rather than the problem, and that's the thing. That's the thing I think we deal with personally, and but also culturally, we kind of try and deal with the symptoms rather than the actual problem. Um, and the problem dealing with the actual problem means going deeper, like you talk about. Um, yeah, isn't that amazing? The effect of um, it's really fascinating. You said that about your mom because I was. I was just doing an interview yesterday, and I we were in the middle of the conversation, and I hadn't even mentioned what I just mentioned to you about my dad, and, and, and the guy I was talking to mentioned losing his dad, and he mentioned it being like a catalyst for a lot of this stuff. So I, um, mm. yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's, 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 it's profound, the role that that has in kind of shaking up and making you... I remember sitting at his... Um, memorial service and it was is in the you know evangelical church that i grew up in as a kid and it, yeah it does really shake your thinking when you have to take it seriously when it matters most mm. you begin to sit there and say wait a second what like what is this story like what have i you know what i mean and i think that like and what you just said about not being alone i mean i think if there's if there's if there's one simple thing that i hope um someone somewhere takes from the film is I hope they watch it and they feel less alone because I Mm. really, really believe with all my heart that that kind of, if you mix in guilt and shame and fear, and then you stir it up with isolation, I think you've just created a recipe for disaster. And I, I think there's just so much power. And I think quite honestly, this is the power, as you mentioned, that a lot of people feel, when they come to uh, Rob's events is I think there's just that feeling of he, there's a line in the film where he says, we think we're looking for answers, but really we're looking for solidarity. Mm. And I think that's just an enormous, um, it's just an enormous part of this. And I mean, frankly, that's what, 
that's what religion at its best was designed to do. It was designed mm. to give us solidarity. Like it was designed to help us at the edge of the grave. It was designed to help us on the darkest days. Um, so to see to see it get to be returned to that for certain people um, through conversations that people like you are having, through writing, through all kinds of new stuff that's emerging. That's that's just wildly powerful, and I think it is dawning on a lot of us just how much damage bad religion did to our psyches growing up. I mean, I remember after losing my dad, it was like one of those moments of like really stepping back objectively, like waking up completely sober all of a sudden and saying, wait a minute, I was handed a view of the world where billions of people were burning forever in hell, and people that were born into other cultural contexts and other faith traditions and stories weren't in they were not going to the party. And I just kind of clicked through the list and was just like, what, what is yeah. this? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, so just, familiar, yeah, I yeah. think there can be a lot of freedom for anyone, um, from just kind of looking around and realizing, you know, what? I'm not, I'm not the only, I'm not the only person who has this story. And, and in fact, maybe rejecting that cheap knockoff of the real thing is actually much more of a step closer to to what this thing was in, in the beginning. Mm, yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. That's just I don't know. It's just really encouraging. Um, yeah, and the role of art, the role that art plays in all of that as well. Um, like what you're doing with this movie, and you know what, you know, and what Rob's doing, obviously with the work he does and. Um, there's lots of other people and you know and I'm, I write stuff you know and do this podcast and stuff and all this stuff is really I think when you make something and you share your story um, that's powerful for you and it's powerful for other people as well um, yeah yeah there's know. something about making things that is and you understand this implicitly I can tell it really is like it, it, it anchors my life in a lot of, I mean, it's, it's the thing that makes sense to me, but it is really fascinating how it's a, it's a choice of taking seriously the fact that you have agency and and your story and in our larger story together. You know, I, I'm really struck. I'm struck by that very, very strongly. Um, this week, like there's that sense that when you choose to create something, you're choosing to say, I'm not going to stand on the sidelines and watch the story unfold like a passive observer. You know, mm. um, I'm not going to play the role that's been handed to me in Western culture as just a consumer. I was made to make things. I was made to contribute. And um, as imperfect and messy as my contributions might be, uh, I'm going to trust the fact that these ideas, these questions, that my story itself was was put in front of me for a, a reason, that it that it led me to a place of having an ability to articulate something that was connected to my experience. And then as you say, like you write that down in a book and someone else picks it up and they say, that unlocked a door on on my journey. Like that act I mean that's like, yeah, that's <laughs> That's just intoxicating, and I think I always, I always forget just how intoxicating it is. You know, while you're in the process of making it, and then when something comes out, you're just like, man, we really are in this together. Like, yeah. contrary to all the Western dogma, like we are on one planet, 
And we're different beings, but my goodness, there's so much about our experience that overlaps. And so when I lose my dad or you lose your mom or we have a son or a daughter born, I mean, I'm just really struck by what can feel so individual, um, especially when it comes to faith and any sort of breaking away from your tribe or questioning the thing that was given to you. Um, that's not a solo exercise, you know? No. And, um, yeah, and I think, like, today's culture would... Like you were talking about fear and shame and these these dry, these things earlier, and I was just struck. I was talking to somebody else recently about social media and mental illness and loneliness, and, and uh. like we seem to be like more connected in one way, but less connected in another way, and um, more tribal as well um, than ever, especially when it comes to religion. Um, and you know, I've been exploring kind of non-dual thinking and spiral dynamics and uh, and things and like moving forward from the old tribal boundaries like I, I can't I, I can't put myself in, a, in any kind of tribe anymore you know uh, and I'm quite pleased about that <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know yeah. and I don't think Rob puts himself in any tribe which is one of the reasons I love what, love what he does um, you know and I heard he's the one who told me about spiral dynamics in the first place and um, yeah yeah, so I think, yeah, to be healthy, to be growing and be healthy, we need to kind of move beyond the kind of old binaries that we had and to be, yeah, and to be living by shame and fear, you know, um, and it being well, acceptable that, somehow. It, yeah, I mean, and isn't, isn't it amazing that we were never prepared for that, that we, we, were, we were raised inside of institutional thinking that was always bent towards self-preservation. Mm. So, like, the institution does not have it in its best interest to say, you might outgrow us. Your <laughs> your path might lead away from here. Um, mm. We were raised to accept and believe uh, the whole pamphlet and then just sort of, like, live out our days with that. I mean, it's, it's really astonishing in its um, propaganda-like nature, if, if you really look at it from an intellectual objective standpoint. So I think one of the things that you're describing is that there's a huge amount of bewilderment for a lot of people when they say, okay, I can't, I can't stay here in the village. With, 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 I can't. There's, there's something calling me. There's something, there's, there's a world that's bigger outside of this, and I need, there's a journey I'm going to go on. But nothing in that tradition prepared them for that reality. So I think you're right that there's a lot of people who feel um, ill-equipped for that, or they feel crazy. Mm. I mean, they feel, part of even naming the film The Heretic, um, aside from just kind of getting there first on a lot of critical reaction, <laughs> it's also <laughs> just an attempt to say it is healthy to question and to push and to yes. struggle I mean, how much in the Jewish tradition, it was insulting not to question God. That was an insult, actually, to not question, you know? And yet we've been, we've been raised, so many of us, in a, in a very recent, narrow sliver of that tradition that has been, you know, co-opted by so many other forces, and it has given us more of a sign on the dotted line and then stay in. So I think, yes, there are a lot of people who... They couldn't do that. It it, it, it it didn't fit with the world they found themselves living in. 
And so um, there's a feeling with which how do I how, how do I not leave it all behind? Uh, when I was talking to Elizabeth Gilbert um, mm. about Rob, one of the things that she said to me, she said, I think he's saving a lot of babies from bathwater because I think there are a lot of people in that mm. camp who, you know, uh, couldn't couldn't turn off their brain intellectually uh, and stay in. They couldn't. You know, you should go down the list of reasons why it didn't work with people. And yet mm. they discarded it all. And um, as Pete Holmes says in the film, they still felt an ache. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an enormous, I think that is an enormous number of people. I'm actually staggered recently when I realized just how many people have sort of checked faith, religion, spirituality, church, whatever you want to call it, checked it off the list. And then, as Liz says, they lose someone they love they're standing at the edge of the grave. Someone hands them their first son or daughter, and they don't have language big enough. Mm. And there's something there's something in that that I'm just fascinated with. That we we lost something in all that we gained with our rational, technological, um, with all that we gained by for so many people just getting rid of bad religion. Like thank God for that. I mean, talk mm. about. There, there's no time, and I have no patience for, for that. But when we got rid of it, man, there was something missing, and we didn't know what it meant to be away from the village, on the journey. Um, we weren't prepared. I think that's what people really need to, to hear. They weren't prepared well to, to be on that journey. So I think that's why, again, there's just a tremendous value for anyone, anywhere, myself included, when you come along someone and they're on the journey and they're able to offer insight and they're able to say, you're not crazy. You haven't given up on the thing. You gave up on that imitation of the thing and you're moving in the direction where the life is. And yeah. yeah, that's just powerful. <laughs> it is really, really powerful. Yeah, you just have to keep on moving. You know, I just, like, you know, this kind of whole addiction to certainty, like, some people just can't stay where they are in the end. They just don't, you know, you, you just physically can't. Um, like, there's this kind of desire for certainty that people kind of want to just, they want everything to, they want to know where, where they stand. They want to know where everything's going to be, where, how everything's going to, how everything's going to turn out in the end. They want to know everything's going to be okay. And, like, you know, they want to, they want, want it all written down in, like, no uncertain terms, you know, like when it all clarified and decided, you know, and to know all the exact details and stuff and but you don't grow that way, you just stay you just stay stagnant or you even go backwards. You know, and I, I don't ever want to be in that position. I one of the thing one of my constant prayers has always been like, Don't let me stay where I am, don't let me stay still, don't let me get settled too settled here. You know, I wanna keep on growing and keep on moving. Um and I have, fortunately, um, and I want to keep on doing that. You know, um, I think that's really important for all of us. Isn't that amazing too? That's like a big difference. Like it's it's interesting for me to think about that. Like on one level, religion was sort of created as a way to simplify this wild, uh, mysterious world that we find ourselves in. Mm. You know, like on one level, religion was designed to give us labels and categories and words and names to try to make sense of the just maddening reality that we're alive in. You know, it's like we're on a planet, we're flying through space, we're a part of this 
unknown cosmos where we live, we have people that we love and they die, and then we have new human beings that are born and we love and we. <laughs> and I think it's fascinating that like if you are if you if you start from a place of constantly wanting religion or faith or spirituality to be a simplifying source, then it will inherently limit what it really is. Like I'm really struck by the reality to what you're saying that, you know, Jesus shows up on the scene and everybody's like, please answer it, solve it. Give me the simple, give me the bullet point. Like I want to know and everything he says points to, yeah, the mystery that you're living in is even bigger than you knew. And this whole thing is crazier and more beautiful and more mysterious than you can ever begin to imagine. And I think for me, and I can hear it in your voice, I think like it's just very freeing when you get to the place of saying, oh, this whole thing isn't about simplifying reality. This whole thing is about opening me up to more wonder and awe. Mm. This, This whole thing is about like... The questions aren't the questions aren't the end. The questions are the beginning, and yes. you can live in a space that yes. is wildly uncertain, and yet you can still derive an extraordinary amount of peace and certainty and anchoring in the midst of that. You know, and I think that's kind of what you're describing. That's that's a big difference, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, yeah. I just wish. The more people would, I wish I could kind of try and explain it to people in a way they would get it. But you either kind of get it or you don't. Like you can't force someone to to to, to see this way. You can't like convince someone intellectually. You know, it's kind of just something a journey you have to go on, and you have to be open up, open to to go on that journey. You have to kind of open your your heart and your mind and your soul up to going to that place, um, and. Yeah, I would. I just want more people to see it, like because, like Rob says a lot. He says once you've seen, you can't unsee. It. You know, once you've tasted, you can't untaste. You know, um, but some people don't want to have a taste in the first place, which is really sad. Um, yeah, and it's hard. I mean, that's a really that's a struggle for me. I mean, truthfully, and I, I I would guess from what you're saying, it's it's somewhere in your story as well. I mean, I mm. still have people that I grew up with, people that I'm related to, people that I'm very close to. Um, who don't who don't see it this way, you know? And I I'm even experiencing it right now um, as as the film's coming out, and it's tough. It's tough because you love them, and 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 you're exactly right. Though at the same time, you look at your own story and you're like, man, I didn't I didn't at any point in my story wake up to anything new because someone uh, bought me the book or argued me into it or you know what I mean like mm. it's it is this mystery of like I had to experience some things and I I took a long time and there's still things I don't you know I'm gonna look back at myself 10 years from now and think oh my goodness like why how are you still doing that like why are you so addicted to that thing why were you so in, um yeah so yeah it's such a spectrum you know and it's such a I think it's such a humbling thing for me um to get away from. I think when I was younger, um, I was much more, there's that arrogance that comes with like, mm. you know, I just want to, I want to figure it out and then I want to explain it to you. And I think every year that goes by right now, um, as a person, as a, as a father, um, as a, as someone who tries to create things, I'm just more and more, yeah, more and more humbled. And I think the real art is in how do you, how do you, stay true to the path that you're on and make space 
for people who are in all different places of their journey, knowing that you are too, you know, (laughs) that's like, that's just such a beautiful part of it. Yeah. And actually it's fascinating because I see a lot of, a lot of people on this journey are people who are in their thirties and and over, you know, there's a lot of people in their twenties who are kind of, yeah, I know a lot of 20 something Jesus followers who have quite a progressive, inclusive kind of faith, but it's still a kind of an evangelical certainty kind of. Like the way they believe and some of the theology they believe is still very, you know, old, you know, or not old, that's the wrong word, but still very um, binary, still very traditional. Um, and it's, and I'm kind of like thinking, well, I, I can't persuade these guys. They're going to have to live it out. They're going to have to actually experience this. Like, I'm, I'm, I feel really old saying this. Like, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only forty, you know. Um, but like, the, you know, that sometimes people have to go through, like, you have to go through your own kind of death and resurrection to kind of see this stuff. And yes. um, actually, this is where the work of Alexander Shire has been so so helpful to me. Like, just that process of of I've discovered that the last couple of years as I've been working through stuff of my own like there's a process of in life of birth life death resurrection you know and it's just that it's an ongoing cycle and that's how transformation happens and you have to actually sometimes you have to choose to go through that sometimes it's inflicted upon you sometimes you have to choose to go through it and it changes you um, and you're not the same when you come out but you have to you actually have to live it absolutely yeah, no, I think it's absolutely true, and I and I think there's a lot of factors in that, but I think what you mentioned earlier is part of it. I mean, I think there is a sense in which life has to break, it has to break your heart on a certain level, you know? I think, like, in order to be open, there's a, for me, I, I mean, I experienced a lot of what you're saying. I remember going through my 20s and just being very, um, life, life was just working fine, you know what I mean? It was like... It was okay. Like, and if, and if a certain belief system was required to, you know, have access to a certain club that I got social needs met in, then that was fine. So it is that thing of like the pain of the, the, the fear of the pain of, of change, you know, and weighing that on the scale. And sometimes it takes life to like tip it a little bit to be like, mm. uh, the fear of actually not the fear of staying now is greater, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a, mm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a remarkable thing, but it's also I think it's also remarkable how you have lived experiences, and at the same time, you also can be helped by people who are down the road. You know, so I yeah. think um, you know, as you're mentioning Alexander, who is just lovely, um, yeah, or you know, I'm mentioning yeah. Rob or anyone in between. I think there's a beautiful mix of that. You know, you have your own lived experiences, and then you can also draw on um, the wisdom from. Other people, and that's, you know, honestly, like, talk about, like, the arrogance of youth. I think one of the, the gifts that's so ignored, or, or I should say I so ignored for the first um, bit of my life was, you know, there's that feeling when you're young, like, you're the first human being. Like, you're the first. <laughs> you're a unique phenomenon. Like, no one has had your, and I think part of what I really so derive these days from some of these ancient traditions is... Um, people have been asking these questions for a long time, you know, and, uh, and people have lost people they love to use your example, or people have Mm -hmm. tried to find out how to forgive people who've really hurt them or, um, 
you know, really been frustrated at there has to be a way to get violence out of circulation. Um, and I just think that's, that's powerful and it's powerful to wake up to realize like, I don't have to start from square one, you know, (laughs) I can reach back over my shoulder and, and, and human history, uh, there's some things I can draw on. And that's, I think part of the work, you know, someone like Alexander, I think that's what he's doing so beautifully is he's pulling up things that you're like, Oh, that was, that was happened. Like what? Like the main questions in the new Testament were like, who is my family? Like they called each other brothers and sisters for a reason because they had let like, what? Like that's my life in 2018, you know? Absolutely. It's just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right, Alexander. Yeah. I've met him several times. He's become kind of friend. Um, he's a great guy and really inspiring guy. Um, yeah. Um, I had some friends who um, who went to the premiere um, and loved it, and um, they sent me. They knew I was doing this interview, so they sent me some questions. They wanted me, they wanted me to ask, which are actually really good questions. Um, um, I'm just going to look. At, I'm just looking at it now. What was the hardest thing about making the film? was a matter of sifting through. I think that um, these ideas are very large and uh, Rob even as a person is 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 covering such a spectrum like mm. there's such a there's an enormous amount that he is communicating and there is an enormous amount that we filmed and we filmed hundreds of hours. So Different than like when you write a script and you go out and make it. This one was more like, I just want to immerse myself. I want to get all of these pieces. And that really is what making documentary feels like. You're just kind of collecting puzzle pieces for a long time. Um, and then I think the, the real challenge of it was when we were in the edit. And it was just, it was several months of, it's almost like uh, sculpting. You're just, you're, you're whittling away more and more and more of the excess. So that what's left is cohesive in a sense that someone can sit down who, who hasn't worked on it for a few years and they can have an experience that um, is helpful, you know? I mean, I think that's that's the thing at the end of the day. Like, I'm not trying in the film to grind an axe. I'm not trying to point out all the contradictions or flaws or I'm not trying to... I'm just really trying to say, hey, this is where we have found ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that has resulted in pain and frustration, um, a sense of being spiritually homeless or dormant. And what would it take to to offer something to people who that could maybe help them um, wake up to, to something bigger and better and more meaningful, more hopeful, more helpful in their own life? And I think that was just a process of elimination. Um, and added on to that, I will say too, in the midst of the filming, we started in 2015 and then 2016 rolled around and, you know, here in, in, in my country, um, we had an election and it felt like all, all, (laughs) it felt like all the knobs got turned up Yeah, and it felt like, um, I think the same sense in which there was a feeling here with Obama, uh, like we were sort of like moving forward almost in an um, inevitable sort of way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we realized, oh, we are people that make choices and those choices have a real impact. 
and we can go forward or backwards on this spectrum. And I think the same is true of, of religion. Religion got so involved, evangelical Christians got so involved in the election, and there was such strong mm. uh, stuff being spewed. I mean, it kind of took us back to like the original Jerry Falwell days. I mean, it's just it was kind of shocking in the sense that it it. It, it was so divisive. It was so polarizing. Mm. Uh, specifically, I'm talking specifically about Christianity inside of it. Yeah. Um, that I think for a lot of people it was it was bewildering and it was it was frustrating. So I think that that emerged inside of while we we're making the film. And I think that was that was one choice was like how do we acknowledge this? How much do we acknowledge this? What role does this take? Um, so yeah, long answer, but in a lot of ways it's like you could have made several films out of what we made. And it was just an issue of figuring out, um, what is the most simple thing that can be said that, that is the most helpful. Yeah. And it does. And yeah, the, the film does, does touch on quite a bit on the election and, its impact and why it happened maybe and um and kind of yeah rob's... rob did rob, rob took a uh he did a series of of speaking events that he called the bible belt tour yeah um yeah. right after that and it was wild i mean there was you know the bullhorns were out front protesters i mean it was there was people in the audience rob would say things and there was people who were were not happy and there was other people who were cheering i mean it was it was really intense. I mean, it really, really, really was intense. And I think the whole why it deserved a place in the film is I think it it sort of served uh, as a very real illustration of the fact that these are not ancillary uh, stories and ideas. You know, mm. um, Rob, Rob has a line in the film where he says, we found out that bad readings of the Bible can get people elected. And it was, it's kind of a, a sober reality that like what you think about ultimate reality, what you think about the outsider, what Mm. you think about your tribe, uh, especially right now, uh, I can only speak for the American context, has profound real-life flesh-and-blood implications. So, yeah, that was just a surprise. I didn't see that coming because we had started before that all unfolded. Yeah, that must have been fascinating to be making the movie as that was happening. Um... Yeah, um, I visited from America for the first time. This the Saturday after that election was my first trip. To, my first trip to America. <laughs> like, You're welcome. And I went to New York um, as well. So it was, it was, it was. It, you know, that wasn't. So I bad. was. Uh, I was in New York that weekend. I remember. Um, oh really? <laughs> there was a big protest that weekend in New York City. Yeah, I, I think I got there on a Saturday. Um, for, the U- for the UFC fight, I think it was, and like a friend of the guy I was with wanted to stay up and watch it, so we ended up going to this bar and sports bar. And by the time we we finished, we'd been up for like twenty seven hours or something without any any sleep. Um, and I remember, yeah, and we did talk to a few people as well, and it was really interesting getting their reactions. Which um, is not what I expected. And uh, but then then of course I went to uh, Virginia Beach, which is a bit more you know, Republican, um, evangelical, you know, and I just did not talk about it. I didn't ask anyone about it because the people, I, it was really challenging for me because the people I was staying with were lovely people. They were godly Christian people who were just so generous and kind and stuff, but 
you know, I, I, I got the sense. I didn't talk to him about it, but I got the sense that there were people in that church who would have voted for Trump, um, and it was challenging for me. Like that period was a real period of uh, a real shift of consciousness for me. Um, yeah, well, kind of. Well, that was, I mean, that was, I, I, yeah. and, I, and I think that's a very real. I mean, I experienced the same thing, and I experienced the same thing with people that I had known and loved, and again, you know, am related to. And I, I think it was. I think what was jarring about that experience from the faith perspective is, I think it was, it was that very harsh, sudden sense of, wait, what, what tradition are you following? Like, like it, it, it's almost like these aren't like small differences. This is like, (laughs) you're basing these beliefs out of a religion that was the first on record where it didn't matter where you came from, where you were born, who you were part of. Like it's, it's, it's Jesus constantly going to everyone kicked out saying you're in, it's raging against empire and material, uh, military establishment. It's like, it's just a, it was an amazing moment to realize it's not only that, you know, what was it, 85% went for him. It was that they did it while still holding high the Christian flag. You know, the, the, the mantras, the same. It's like you're using the same words and you're saying very different things, you know. That's a very... <laughs> well, yeah, in the movie yeah. you've got Franklin Graham saying, uh, that news clip of him saying that God got, that God got Trump elected, that God, Trump was an answer <laughs> to the press. And I'm like thinking, who... What? You know, well, I remember when I first heard that, like when it was, you know, um, which was just after the election, and it was insane then. And then hearing it again, it was like, how can somebody listen to this with a straight face and actually take this seriously? Because it's, if like what, if, if what God got this guy elected? Because I don't want to follow that God at all. Like that's not the God I want to follow. You know, who wants to get a you know. Um, Misogynistic, narcissistic, you know, racist, kind of you know, Nazi kind of president elected. Like, no, <laughs> it's just well, insane. It's so hard, and that's why in the film, in the film, uh, Rob talks about how, like, and again, we're we're speaking through the context of of America because that's that's yeah. where we live. But I think it has relevance to a lot of the Western world, especially the more wealthy parts of the Western world. UK mm. is very included in that. I think it's very hard to square a God who is radically on the side of the underdog and the oppressed and the outsider when you are living in uh, an empire. I mean, the United States of America is the most dominant military force in the history of human civilization. And I think it's really interesting to, to, for anyone, to separate out the, the tradition you were raised in and realize it had to make sense of all these other economic, political, social realities. And it sort of had to mix all those things together and mm. soften to sand down all the rough edges so that it was palatable uh, for people mm. who find themselves not on the outside, but the definition of the inside. And in fact, now people who are building walls to keep the outside really on the outside. I mean, mm. it's, it's, it's too literal to even be a metaphor. It's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's um, not even a metaphor anymore, you know? And yeah, I mean, you're right about the UK as well, because when we had the British empire, you know, 
and there's yeah. still people alive yeah. now <laughs> you, who you did are, some stuff. Yeah, we actually called it the British Empire as well. Like you know, hmm. and there's still people like this. Bre- the whole the whole Brexit thing that happened. I think is people still harking back to like this empire mentality. Like we're Britain and we're the greatest nation on the earth, and you know we had the we had the empire. We've got the Commonwealth. You know, um, we don't need anybody else, kind of thing. Um, and that's where that came from. It was like make Britain great again. You know, um, it literally kind of was that. Um, and yeah, and and yet there's this other kind of in our in our culture. There's also this kind of sense that we're the underdog at the same time. You know, um, you know, kind of they kind of exist alongside each other. Like we're a small little island. Everyone's against us. But we're the greatest nation on the earth. Kind of, it's kind of, it's a really strange paradox that happens in this country. Like, and of course, some of that got taken over to America because, you know, uh, America kind of a lot of lot of our people went over to America, and a lot of our culture got taken over there. And yeah, so um, it's really interesting. Yeah, we were we were given such a heavy dose of nationalism growing up. I mean, I think if you even take out all the religious stuff and you just think about the the water that you were swimming in was through the lens of very stilted nationalism, and that's uh yeah. I, I honestly, I'm still I, I'm still in the process of like unpacking what that means. You know, I think for me traveling internationally a good bit the last few years and, and starting to see. I mean, there is such an unbelievably warped view in America of America as just this shining light and this source of unending good around the world. And I think the last 10, 15 years have really, um, that story's taken a hit, you know? And I think there's a lot of us that, for the first time, are like, wait a second, what are we doing in the world? Like, what, what are, why do so many people hate our tribe? Like, why, why are we, um, why are we building military bases on other, other places like they're, they're religious sites why are we you know those those kinds of things like i just yeah. i think it has massive implication and and that's where you know what's what's so fascinating is that in the very same year at the very same moment in our story um just as people where we're we're we're, we're seeing certain expressions of religion um and christianity be so wildly offensive at the very same time if you can separate that, for me, I've also, at that very same moment, looked back at the Jesus story and thought, wait a second, this is a story about the last being first? Like, about the whole system being upside down? Like, he, he was supposed to come in as a military leader, and he came in as a, like, and he spent his time just eating with all the people that were considered not good enough? And his whole, like, that, talk about, like, important talk about relevant i mean like it's almost like how do we how do we mess up a story that good (laughs) you know and i think there's so many there's there's keys inside that story that can unlock doors that we just desperately need to open to see beyond this sense of our tribe our group our nation you do something to us we'll do something to you you believe that we believe this we're right you're wrong we're in you're out like he came to sort of just say that won't work like that is you are signing up for unending human misery so i think to see it reach such a fever pitch i think if anything maybe it offers us a moment of the, the the harsh reality with which we can see it now maybe offers a moment for a lot of us to say 
yeah, maybe maybe it's time for new thinking. Maybe it's time for a whole new story altogether. And I think that's what really takes me back to this stuff. That's what made the film so fascinating for me. You know, going back to what I, I said in the beginning about looking at root causes and not just the symptoms. I think it's easy to go through a year like 2016, 2017, to be living in 2018. And to be constantly bombarded with all sorts of issues, environmental destruction, soaring inequality, um, a refugee crisis that we've never known before. Um, in our country, you feel like you can't wake up and read a newspaper without seeing the effects of mental health and someone taking a readily accessible gun and ending the lives of other people. And you get so you can get so spun around the wheel on that and you can chase your tail from one outrage to another. Or you can step back and say, we got here because of a certain set of assumptions, stories, narratives, ideas. And maybe those stories, just like people, can change moving forward. That's, I don't know, there's just something very powerful in that for me. Mm. Oh, you're right. You're right. I feel like we could talk for hours about this. We uh, <laughs> there's so much, so much here. We should have you back on, have you back on the show, and we could talk about it more. Um, that'd be great. Um, I, so, kind of, where's this journey leading you next? What's the next kind of project for you? Um, that you know that uh, that you're working on. Yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have anything that I'm working on right now. I tried for a long time to be the kind of person that could juggle multiple projects. And I know a lot of talented people who can work on like seven things at a time. I, I figured out not too long ago that I'm sort of the, the type of person for better or worse that I, I kind of have to live these things all the way through. And they, they take, they take a certain amount of my attention and energy and focus on a head and a heart level and um, this is kind of the first time that I've trusted that. So the film comes out this week. We're going to do some press and work on pushing it out into the world. And um, and then I'll figure out what's next. I, I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. But I think for me, the thing that's always been clear ever since I was a little kid is, is my work is to tell stories. And my work is to... Um, make things that help us reflect on who we are, what we're doing here. And, and I think, um, for, for me, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly interested in in what I just articulated about the actual stories themselves. Mm. And I'm constantly looking for like lenses into places that we think we've seen, but we haven't ever looked at, you know? And I think that that's really what Rob was in a, in a sense here is he was, it's almost like a Trojan horse. It's like on the surface, it looks like this thing, but really it gets into, it gets inside of something else, you know? Mm. So that's what I look at when I look at stories. That's what I look for. When I look for stories, I look for, um, how can I offer some kind of insight into something that could could help moving forward and and that could be wildly different every single time and mm. i hope it is but that's the path i'm on and i think uh so far it has been a path that's brought me a lot of joy and it's been a path that um i feel very content with i feel very content with my little little role in that process mm, it's exciting well i look forward to seeing more of your work um yeah um yeah, I was just reminded as you said that of that moment at the end of the film where Rob talks about um, after Love Wins when he 
went on tour and nobody showed up and and now the gratitude that he has now when people do show up because of that in a sense and that seeing all of this opportunity to make things and share them with people is a gift you know um, and almost it's not about the response in a way it's just being engaging with that process and creating that stuff and sharing it with people um, that's really really important yeah I think for a long time I was always uh, focused on like making the thing and like pushing through all the challenges and hurrying through the process um, mm. so that I could have the thing at the end and I'll never forget releasing um, my first film and it was like a huge letdown it was just a massive it was a it was a <laughs> it was a hugely empty experience and I sort of stepped back and I realized um, all the life and all the joy and all the it, it was in the making of it and um, and I really I've sort of embraced that now to the point where as I said to you and you and you totally get this as someone who makes things now it's like it's already been a gift you know like <laughs> getting to share this one with the world now it's like this has been a, a chapter of my life. This has been, you know, when I when I explain these last few years to my kids, I'll I'll say, well, these this, these are the years that we made the heretic, and this is when I got to know Rob, and that's this season of my life. And now it's just like a bonus that <laughs> that other people get to see it and engage with it, which is yeah. so beats the alternative of hanging yes. your hat on this moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, just final question: What's your I mean, you kind of touched on this a little bit already, but what is your biggest hope for the movie? I really do hope that the film, on on a very simple level, as I said, I do hope it makes people feel less alone. And on a more ambitious level, I hope it gives us tools to reframe a bigger, better conversation about faith. Because I think for a long time... Um, the most important questions of, of, of them all. Who are we? What are we doing here? What does it mean? How can we help? Um, have been locked inside a very small box that a lot of people can't access. Mm-hmm. And I think I would just love to, I would love the film to help um, place these questions, these themes, these thoughts, and these ideas right back where the, they belong at the very center of the human conversation. Because I think if, if, if 2018, if, if, if this moment that we're alive in is, is doing anything, I think there is a very real humility beginning to emerge where we are realizing we have not created the world that we so hoped that we would. And we have, uh, you know, through all of our technology and all of our progress, all of our innovation that has brought so much good, it has left us with a world that's more violent than ever. It's left us with a world where opportunities, goods, resources are more uneven than ever Mm -hmm. and where we are facing some some very real emergencies. Um, I think that opens up the space to get serious about what kind of story we're living inside of and how we can change that story moving forward. Um, so on the personal level, I hope it's freeing. I hope there's a sense of solidarity on the more collective level. Um, 
I think the time is ripe to really start to put our arms together and think together, think creatively, think um, not as consumers, not as viewers, as active participants in the human story about how we can use our little lives right now in this moment um, to do something that, that, that moves it closer, puts it closer on track to um, the kind of world that we want to leave behind. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Um, thank you, Andrew Morgan, for coming on today and talking about... Well, wasn't we didn't just talk about the movie, did we? Um, um, it was amazing. Um, thank you. Um, and thank you for making this movie. I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact a lot of people, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see what, how people respond to it because I think it's, it's going to be a really, really important piece of work that people are going to be challenged by and... Uh, yeah, thank you for making it. Thank um, you, and thanks for having me on. It's, it's, this has been an incredible conversation that I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, me too, for sure. Um, thank you. So uh, that's it for this week, everyone. And go and watch the movie. Uh, it's The Heretic. It's on iTunes from March the 1st. Um, and you can buy it there. And, yeah, check it out. Um, and I'll talk to you all soon. <laughs>